Amen. God bless you, and you may be seated. Veterans, let me thank you for your service and for those who have had family members who did not come home. Let me say, it does not go unappreciated, and um, we thank you deeply for your service, and um, we can't thank you enough. Um, there was an old man that walked along the seashore of the Florida beaches every evening carrying a bucket of dead shrimp. He would sit on a park bench and start to throw the shrimp, and the seagulls would come, and they would eat it up. This old man is well up in his years now. He's hunched over, and he's lived his life. He fought as one of America's aces in World War I. Uh, later, uh, after flying for an airline and so on and so forth, he got involved with another campaign and ended up in a B-17 bomber in the ocean, um, having to ditch the plane. Pilot, uh, another pilot was with him, uh, Captain Cherry. Captain Eddie Rick Rickenbacker is the one I'm talking about. And he said as they were going down and they crashed and they barely landed in the water, all they could really think about was getting away from the airplane so it, it didn't draw them down and drown them. And in the midst of all of that, they kind of abandoned any rations that they had. For 21 days, they were afloat, just in a life raft, 21 days on the open sea. And starving to death and thirsting to death. Uh, what are we going to do? They had very, very few rations. And you could imagine, that's nearly a month uh, without food, without water. That's almost as much as your body can take without water. In fact, many can't take 21 days. And here he was, and so they're laid back and ready to die now. It's exhaustion has set in, and Captain Rickenbacker just pulled his hat up over his head, and he sort of laid back to guard himself from the sun. And while he was asleep, he didn't know if he was dreaming or what, but uncharacteristically, way offshore, a seagull landed on his forehead. Just landed on his forehead. And he sort of opened his eyes and peered through the cracks, and he could tell it was a seagull, and he thought to himself, if I could just somehow catch this bird, we could live a few more days. And out of the corner of his eye, he saw his other... Uh, his buddy that was with him, and um, no one wanted to make a hasty move, but he very slowly and very carefully got his arms in position, and he reached up and he grabbed that seagull, and the rest is history, as they say. That seagull sacrificed his life, if you will, and they, they took the bird and they ate his flesh, and they used his intestines for fish bait, and they survived until they was rescued. And that is the story of why that old man walked the beaches of the Florida coast, carrying a bucket of shrimp every day, throwing it to the seagulls, thanking them and remembering them for that one that uncharacteristically, I would even say sent by God, sacrificed his own life so that they could live. Today I want to talk with you, if I may, about a message entitled, Some Gave All. I would say to you that this seagull, whether he intended to or not, gave all. And um, we have erected some tremendous memorials around the world, uh, around, uh, around our country specifically, and um, the one that comes to mind is Iwo Jima. There is um, 
There's a picture there that, in fact, we're going to scroll several of them. There it is. And um, that battle that took place and the Marines taking this hill that, uh, a month-long battle. And uh, they finally secured the hill and they planted that. There's the USS Arizona. That's where the, uh, where Pearl Harbor, it's built over where that submarine, that's the only one of, I believe it was six, that was sunk, that was not raised back. And uh, a lot of the others were raised back to the surface, repaired, and sent out to sea. There's the Vietnam Memorial. Uh, you saw it with his lean his hand there, 59,000 men, I believe it were, that did not come home. The Iraq Memorial, the Arlington National Cemetery, and you see all of these things. And then there's another one there uh, that you saw that was called the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. And, and I found that pretty amazing. It actually happened after World War I, and we also have uh, basically memorials to the own unknown in the Korean War as well as the Vietnam and et cetera. But the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, it, it's, it's pretty neat. It, it says on the back of it, here rest, or really on one of the sides, here rest in honored glory an American soldier known but to God. Um, memorials are in order. Memorials are wonderful, wonderful places. In fact, I don't, I don't have the passage right now, and we're going to read a different passage to a different memorial. But I want to take you back, if I may, to the Old Testament for a second. When the children of Israel crossed through the Jordan River, the Bible says that Moses spoke to the people and said, I need each of you leaders to send somebody back into the water, that, that water that had parted hither and thither, and they walked through on dry ground. When their feet, when the priest's feet touched the, the bank of the river or the brim of the water, the waters parted. And the Lord spoke to Moses and said, tell them to go back. He said, I want each one of them to get a large stone, and I want them to bring that stone out, and I want them to build a memorial, and it'll be 12 stones. Now, they didn't have the technology to build such memorials as we have today. But that was common in that place if they would take a heap of stones and raise it up and it would be a memorial. And he said, because one day your children's going to walk by this memorial and they're going to say, Daddy or Grandpa, Pop, whatever they call them, what does these stones mean? And that's going to be the vehicle that you use to tell them the story of how God provided for you when you were back up against the wall and, and then the enemy was coming your way and... God opened the waters and he provided for you safe passage to the other side. It's going to give you an opportunity to tell them about how God provided when man couldn't. About how he took care of you when man didn't. It's about how he sustained you when no one else could, when you couldn't yourself. And memorials give us that kind of an opportunity. And so I, I want you to understand there are uh, memorials are important for us. We look at some of these memorials, and we see the Iraq Memorial, the Afghanistan, and, and, and let me say this, and I don't want to diminish it at all. <clears throat> We've had, I don't know, six or 7,000, maybe more. Forgive me if I'm, I'm shy on that number, but a, a number, and every life is of grave importance. But that number that we have seen in these modern-day wars pales in comparison to like World War II, I believe we lost 400,000 men. Uh, 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 way beyond that in World War I. And um, 
World War I is actually the only war that don't even have a memorial. But in 2018, in 2018, they're going to erect a memorial for those in World War I. And I'm excited about that because we need to remember those lives that were sacrificed. We need to remember, just like these stones. You see, a memorial serves to, number one, remind us of where we used to be. It reminds us of what God has done in our life. It reminds us that if God did this, he can do it again, he, and we can trust him to do it. So they're meant to be reminders, whatever memorial it is. And in other words, when uh, let, let's take Pearl Harbor, for instance. We had that beautiful memorial there because they could not raise it back, and I believe it was about 1177 or some odd. There was a lot of uh, men that died there in the... Uh, in the sub, and they was not able to bring it back, so they built the memorial right over it, a fitting memorial. In fact, that was an unprovoked, uh, there had been no declaration of war, there had been no threatenings, there had been no red line in the sand, there had been no warning, which prompted President um, Roosevelt to say his famous words, 19, or December the 7th, 1941, a day which will live in infamy. Now, uh, a memorial gives us the opportunity again to be reminded of how it was and how it went down. It also gives us the motivation to say, never again. Amen? Never again will we allow this to happen. They built a beautiful memorial. I'm going to go and see it uh, hopefully in the next year. And that is the, the, the Twin Towers in New York that was knocked down by Islamic terrorists. Uh, I intend to go and see it. Why? Because there's a memorial that is raised that says to the American people, never again. We're not going to stand for this anymore. So let me talk about memorials for just a moment. There's memorials in my own life. There's things that I have come through. There's things that I have done. There's things that I have received. And, um, you know, for some of you, you graduated just last week, and some of you this week, and others the week before. But that's a memorial moment in your life. They took pictures of you, and many of you, hundreds of pictures of you. They took pictures, and they plastered it all over. So, And you ought to. There's no doubt about it. And then you held your diploma, and your mom and daddy cried and said, thank God. And, you know, and especially if they were paying for your college and all of that stuff. And, you know, it's a memorial time when you can say, I remember when. You know, um, you see, because if we don't remember you know, that, that great memorial, you know, we're, we're prone to repeat. Now, now, I'll say something a little controversial here, but hey, that's me, right? I'll just be controversial. And I have found that no matter what I say, uh, some of you are going to like it and the others are not going to like it anyway. So i just come to realize I'm not speaking for you anyway. I'm speaking for him, and so I'll just say it, and then you can get on or get off or whatever. <laughs> Amen? Right now, we see some memorials in our country that are being taken down, having to do with civil war. And I know we got all of the slavery issue and we got all this and we got all that, but here's what I, but here's what I want to say from a Christian standpoint, whether you agree with Robert E. Lee coming down or this one or that one, or that, it really matters not to me. But here's what I want to say. If I take the memorial down, does that mean it did not happen? If in your own life you could remove the scars, whatever they are, does it mean it didn't happen in your life? No, no, no. 
You see, I say leave it there. I, I looked at all kind of memorials. I looked at the slave memorial that is in Africa where it was the biggest port where they brought slaves from Africa to this country. And there's a big memorial there. And I say leave the memorial intact. Why? Because taking it away Kind of doctoring history, making it politically correct. In other words, to look at America and say, we were perfect. We never done this or we never done that. We never done the other. No. We cannot change history. We can only learn from it. Amen. Amen. For me to doctor it up and say, this did not happen is stupidity. I mean, we can say that happened and it was a horrible blight on society and it should not have happened, but it did happen. And that is the only place, you see, because if we forget history, if we totally erase and doctor it, I don't know about you, but I don't want my children to go to school one day, or, or my, my children have already gone to school, but my grandchildren, I don't want them to go to school one day and, and the history books be all doctored up and say, well, 9-11 didn't really happen. We didn't lose 3,000 some odd people that day because we wanted to just sort of expunge the record and clean it up and make it all pretty and neat. No. I thank God that God didn't clean up the Bible when great prophets of the Lord like Elijah fell into the wilderness crying and doubting, asking God to kill him. I thank God when John the Baptist, the one who held Jesus in his arms and baptized him, saw heaven open and heard God speak and the Holy Ghost descend in the form of a dove, I thank God he didn't expunge the record when he was in prison the week before he died and said, Send my disciples to Jesus and ask him, is he the Christ or should we look for another? I'm glad the writers that put the word of God together and the, the canon of scripture, I'm glad God didn't decide to just black that out because that wouldn't look real good. No, no, no. I, as a, a leader in the kingdom of God, needed to see a man vulnerable. I needed to be able to see one that had blazed the trail that said, prepare ye the way of the Lord and make straight his paths. And yet, at the, at the same time, a man that was in prison and about to lose his head say, I'm not so sure, Jesus. You see, so, so for my part, when it relates to a memorial, I don't care if it is, uh, you know, about culture, if it's about uh, whatever issue it is, I don't care. I think the memorial should stand so that we could all see where we have been. Amen. Now, that's kind of my rant. You can like it or not. But So I'm against the removal of all of our historic memorials because it don't change the fact that it did not happen. It's trying to, it's trying to say we're something that we were not, that we were so good that we would have never done this or we would have never done that. No, 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 no. Let me say this. You and I were some bad people. Hello? Hey, there's another memorial that I want to talk about today. And it's not Mount Rushmore. And it's not Mount McKinley or different, you know, different, different mountains and different memorials and different places, but it's a place called Mount Calvary. It's the greatest memorial ever erected. And I don't even know that they really intended. The world didn't intend it. But I've been there in 1995. I had the wonderful opportunity to walk down the Via Della Rosa. I had the wonderful opportunity to stand on this side of the fence because they won't let you actually own the mountain anymore because everybody wanted to take a rock. And after millions and millions and millions of people take a rock and a little bit of sand, guess what? The hill goes away. And so it's been protected, but there it is, Golgotha, the place of the skull. And there it is. You can see in, in the mountain the deep eye sockets in the mouth and all of that. And upon that hill is where Jesus Christ was crucified. Uh, what a memorial. Let, let me turn your attention, if I may, 
uh, if I can, to Acts chapter 17. And I want to say this um, about a memorial here, and and then we'll try to tie this up. But in Acts chapter 17, I want to start reading at verse, yeah, 22 of work there, and we'll go through 31. Paul stood then up in the meeting of uh, Areopagus, and he said, People of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. For as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, I even found an altar with the inscription to an unknown God. Now I want you to understand, that's a lowercase g. That is not God Jehovah that we worship and serve. He said, I I found an inscription to the unknown God. So you are ignorant of the very thing that you worship. And and this is uh, what I'm going to proclaim to you. Now, now, let me stop and just hold that for a moment because I'm going to read through it. But I want to give you a little background on what's happening here. These people were so concerned because they, they had all kinds of gods. They had, uh, you know, this god and that god and the other god. And they wanted to make sure it's almost like this politically correct baloney that we have today. They just wanted to make sure that we didn't offend any gods. And so what they did, you know, they had the sun god and the moon god and this god and that god and the fertility god and all these other gods. And then they said, just in case we offend any god that's out there that we don't even know, and he gets mad with us and sends bad weather or or sends something violent, just in case, let's build a tomb to the unknown god. So we just cover all our bases because we want to be so politically correct. We're building a memorial for you. We don't even know you. We don't even know if you exist. But if you do, here's your memorial just so that we don't tick you off. Amen. Uh, let Let me say this. Paul decided that he would take advantage of a shrine and an altar and a memorial that they had built about a God they didn't know. He's like this, I know you don't know my God, so I'm just going to go ahead and tell you the God that you're talking about right here. Y'all don't know him, but his name is Jehovah God. And so Paul played on that, and he says, verse 24, The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. And he he is not served by human hands as as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone breath life and breath and everything else. From one man he made all nations that should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he's not far from any one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. As some of our own poets have said, we are his offspring. Therefore, since we are God's offspring, we should not think that divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image made by human design and skill. You see, in the past, God overlooked such ignorance, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. For he has set a day in which he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. He has given proof of this to everyone by raising him, that is Jesus, from the dead. Now that is a memorial, and Paul just decided, he said, he said I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to go ahead and show you who this God is that you don't know. Admittedly, you don't know. And I wanted to say this, memorials are important. 
because it is at memorials where we make a decision. This is never going to happen again. It is at a memorial that we are reminded. You know, we do something quite, uh, I say quite often, three or four times a year, sometimes more. And that is we receive the Lord's Supper. It is a memorial supper. And in fact, they used to put it on all the tables. And, you know, it says, this do in remembrance of me. What he's saying is, remember me when you take this. On this Memorial Day, we got memorials all over our country to different battles, different places where men and women went to serve and fight. Some come home crippled and lame, maimed, mentally challenged, and some come home in a coffin. Some of them are, I had a wonderful opportunity back in 2000 to go to Washington, D.C. and to walk around and tour, and I'll never forget the 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 sense that hit me when I stepped onto Arlington National Cemetery and saw the thousands and thousands of flags and crosses. When I stood at John F. Kennedy's grave and when I stood at the tomb of the unknown soldier and, and just looked and, and tried to think and remember where they were. How was it when they breathed their last? When they paid that ultimate sacrifice for this country? Now, if I could just sort of flip that and put that against the backdrop of Jesus Christ. You know, for some of our soldiers, they, they come home from Vietnam, and when they got off of the airplane, off the buses, some of our own people that didn't have the guts to go spat on them. Some of our own people that, that rallied against them and, 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 you know, just railed on them. Such a tragic thing. And, you know, we say, veterans never again never again that's one thing you can guarantee we're going to uh, we're going to uphold those people that defend our country amen we're going to lift them up in prayer we're going to lift their families up we got some of them gone right now we're going to hold them high in prayer and, and, and I vow I mean I'd probably get in trouble I would at least make YouTube if I see somebody burning the flag. I'm not talking about a worn and tattered flag that's supposed to be burned and put to rest. I'm talking about somebody just trampling on our flag or spitting on our soldiers. I just can't take that kind of stuff. Amen. But then I think about Jesus who come and gave it all. Every drop of blood. All of the 39 stripes, the, the thorns on his head, all of these things. And more than 600 men walked by him that day and spat in his face, pulled his beard from his face, all of these things. And there are people now that snicker and sneer at Jesus. Calvary is a memorial for you and I. I want to ask you to stand with me, if you will. We've all got memorials in our life, but we need to know there are certain memorials that are so important to us. They're so important. 
And I want to tell you, Calvary stands out as the most important memorial. Some of you wear crosses around your neck. And, um, you know, I know some people get real carried away because they don't know the significance. Some wear a cross with Jesus on it. And, you know, Christians say, hey, Jesus ain't on the cross no more. And he's not. We, we agree with that. But I understand what you're saying is this is a memorial because he did hang on the cross and die for me. You see, this is a cross because I, I believe in the cross and I believe in what he did. It's a memorial that keeps me going. I want to tell you, church, I, I don't, well, I do know where we're headed. We look at history and then we look right now at what's happening in this country. Not just this country, but the world. The world stage is set for the return of the Lord. I want you to know that. And I've been hearing that Jesus is coming since I was a little boy. And every year that gets louder and louder and louder. Although all the churches ain't saying it anymore, Jesus is coming back. The Word of God will be fulfilled. The last things Jesus said to his disciples is, I'm going to go away and prepare a place for you. And if I go away and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there you may be also. And then when he was raised from the dead, they led him out to uh, Bethany there at the Mount of Olives. And the Bible said he lifted his hands and he prayed. And as he lifted his hands over Jerusalem for the last time, the Spirit of God, I mean, it just began to lift him and gravity had to let go. An uh, angel on either side looked down at the crowd and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing into the heavens? For this same Jesus that you have seen go in like manner shall come again. What a memorial. Let me pray for you right now while heads are bowed. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I really got to have that. It, it can't be just a memorial that I look at. I need the Jesus that went to Mount Calvary. I need the Jesus that poured out his heart and his life and soul and bled and gave all he gave everything. He said in the word that foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the Son of Man had not a place to lay his head. He gave everything. Is there somebody here today that could say, Pastor, this, I'm going to lift my hand and say, I need this guy in my life. Is there one across this room? God bless you. Somebody else? I need, I need him. Bless you too, sir. Somebody else? I need him in my life. I'm going to tell you something. Just standing at the memorials and, you know, saying, hey, that's great. It's not enough. you got to believe in what it stands for. you got to believe in what he did. Let me say this. If you raised your hand, I want you to just pray this simple prayer with me. It's real simple. It says, Jesus, come into my heart. I'm a sinner. I've sinned. I've come short the glory of God I have failed you and I need you to come into my heart I'm looking to you oh Lord I can't do it on my own the Bible says if I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth that God raised his son Jesus from the dead I shall be saved 
For with the heart man believes, and with the mouth he confesses salvation. So now I believe in Jesus Christ that hung on the cross, and I confess that he's been raised from the dead and has prepared a place for me in heaven and is coming back to get me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Can you give the Lord a